1: money pit is brought to you by vigoro grain and krylon
2: now here are tom and leslie Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit. Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Here to help you with your home improvement projects. We want to solve those do-it-yourself dilemmas that are keeping you from finishing that to-do list around your home. Help yourself first, pick up your phone and call us. This is a participation radio show. You gotta jump on the phone and call us with your questions if you need that help. The number is one 888 moneypit 888 666 3974. Leslie and I have been at this for many, many years. 20 years as a professional home inspector, I've seen more crawl spaces and attics than I care. To admit to. And Leslie has seen more badly decorated homes than she'd like to admit to. All the stuff that happens along the way. So we like this gig, this <laughs> in the studio, and answer your questions. So let's do it together, shall we? 888 666 3974. Hey, coming up in this program, we're gonna talk about damaged wood and how it can detract from your home's exterior. But if you wanna make the fix, You first got to know what the cause is, like rot or termites or carpenter ants. And it's important you know this because each type of wood damage does take a different type of fix. So we're going to tell you how to know the difference coming up.
3: And as your lawn is beginning to grow this spring season, is your mower up for the challenge ahead? Well, don't start it without our tips on suiting up for outdoor safety.
2: And with Earth Day coming up on the 22nd, it's a good time to consider going green in your kitchen. And we're not talking about green fruits and veggies, though they're never a bad idea. We're talking about earth-friendly countertops which are Mother Nature's favorites, we'll tell you in just a bit. And
3: one lucky caller who joins us this hour is going to get a little help with spring cleaning. We're giving away two sets of decorative wall hooks from the Home Depot. We've got up for grabs a 14-inch wooden rail featuring three antique hooks and a set of five smaller hooks. And it's really perfect for getting all of that clutter up off of the floor.
2: It's a prize pack worth 25 bucks, but it's yours if we answer your question on the air this hour. So call us right now at one 888 Pit. Leslie, who's first?
3: Kevin in Maryland, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Hi.
4: Uh, I've got a washer and a dryer on the second floor of my house, and uh, it seems in the last year uh, I'm getting a lot more vibration and a lot more sound out of those units, um, mm-hmm. and I can feel it a lot more in the second floor. So I'm wondering if there's anything I can do to, to kind of reinforce something in order to limit that vibration, because I've got uh, two small children now in my amount of washing and drying is not going to go
2: down at all. Well, two things. Um, First of all, you want to double check that the appliance is absolutely level, because if it's slightly out of level, you'll get more vibration. Then the second thing that you could do is pick up some anti-vibration pads for the feet of the washing machine. These are like rubber blocks that are indented where the washing machine legs sort of sit inside of it. Then they sit on the floor and they help absorb some of the vibration. I have uh, the washer and the dryer actually stacked, full-size units stacked on the second floor of my house. And I put the anti-vibration pads in it. And whenever the machine is spinning, I can literally look at those pads and see them working because, uh, you know, the, the vibration is really being absorbed by them. And in fact, I have also have the, the washer uh, sitting inside of an overflow pan that's made out of fiberglass. So to get that to work, I had to sort of carve the bottom of the vibration pads to fit sort of the angle of the, of the pan that they're sitting in. So even with that modification, they work, and they work well. So I would pick up the anti-vibration pads. They're about 25 bucks for a set of four, and you could find those online, or I think I found mine at Home Depot. All right.
5: Thank you very much.
2: All right, Kevin. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
3: Laurel in Pennsylvania is on the line, and um, I'm reading Laurel that your ceiling fell down. What the heck happened to your apartment?
6: Well, the lady upstairs uh, had a problem <laughs> in her kitchen and her bathroom, and and I don't know if there was a fire or what, but she flooded the upstairs, and so some of my kitchen ceiling fell in with all the water coming down. It smells like smoke. It smells like rotted wood, wet wood. What do I do?
2: Well, by the way, why are you dealing with this as opposed to a landlord or uh, an insurance company?
6: Well, he swept it up and then put another, put a new towel in the suspended ceiling. That was it. He didn't all right. repair well,
2: the hole. First of all, you asked about smoke smell, and you know the way to deal with smoke smell is to use TSP and scrub the walls and scrub the ceiling. Trisodium phosphate that will cut through the tar and the nicotine that sticks to the walls. Now, if you're concerned about mold, there's a product called Concrobium, which is excellent, specifically designed to kill the molds. far more effective than bleach. And the other quality I like about Concrobium is it leaves a protective coating on the surface when it dries so that the mold can't grow back. Their website is curemymold.com, C-U-R-E, curemymold.com. Check it out. I think that that is the solution to your mold issue, Laurel.
3: Cal in Colorado, you've got the money, but how can we help you today?
1: Well, I have an interesting uh, question here. Uh, I've got a house with an insulated concrete foam basement walls. That's where you put uh, uh, concrete in between foam. And I've taken the outside wall the foam and have scored it with 30-grit sandpaper to give it a rough edge. And I screwed on the 2-foot-wide by 8-foot-long extruded aluminum uh, steel screen to uh, give me grip but I'm putting on fake stone, or faux stone, as some call it. And my question is, after I've screwed on the screening, and I'm putting on, um, I've been told to take a Type S mix, which is a limestone cement mix, and use that as my scratch coat. And the question is, how soon, what is the longest I can wait before I put on the stone? If I try to do all the scratch coat first, which could be a day or two because it's over 1,000 square feet, am I going too long or should I be putting buttering up the stone and putting that against the scratch coat right away?
2: I think that as soon as the scratch coat dries, you can go forward with the stone. But typically, most masons will do the scratch coat first and then do the stone thereafter. Okay. I don't see any reason that you can't have it exposed for a short period of time.
1: Okay, so we're not worried about a day or two.
2: No, certainly not. You kidding? The way construction projects go, a day or two is like nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for the info on that. All right, Cal. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
3: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can be part of the home improvement question fun. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whatever you are working on, I guarantee Tom and I can come up with an answer to help you get the job done right. 888 Money Pit.
2: 888 666 3974. Up next, if your exterior trim is looking a bit lost, the damage might be from rot or termites. We're going to teach you how to tell the difference between the two with this week's pro tip presented by Grain Shingle Siding from Tapco when the Money Pit returns after this. You
3: live in a money pit.
7: The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone's easy-to-stack Rumblestone rustic building blocks. Create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add old-world charm. Available at The Home Depot. For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com.
2: Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit home improvement radio show. I'm Tom Kreitler
7: and I'm
3: Leslie Segretti.
2: And is your Money Pit giving you headaches? Well, call us the number is one Money Pit, and one lucky caller we talked to on the air is going to get Home Improvement Help and the Sours Prize, a collection of beautiful decorative hooks from the Home Depot.
3: Yeah, you know what's really cool about the hooks is that they're classic, but they're industrial at the same time. And even more, they're absolutely perfect for keeping your jackets and bags and all the other stuff that ends up on the floor out of the way and up on the wall and it will really make for a better looking foyer, hallway, or even a bedroom.
2: It's a prize pack worth twenty five dollars, but it goes home free with one caller we talked to on the air this hour, drawn at random from those that reach us. So give us a call. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit.
3: Susan in Montana is having some drainage issues with the driveway. Tell us what's going on.
6: I had my office driveway resurfaced with asphalt, and I thought that the people did a really excellent job until we got a monta rain, and all the water was collecting. and I had I had to leave to go down to Colorado. and I got a frantic phone call from my husband telling me that, The water was backing up into the house and it was like a big pool. And I called the asphalt people, and they're not responding
2: to me. Well, listen, if they just resurface the driveway, they're not going to do anything to change the pitch.
6: That's true. They did do it, but they deliberately, supposedly, they had the pitch so that it would drain off into the lawn.
2: And they didn't quite get that right. So how do you fix that? Yeah. If the water is draining down the driveway back towards the buildings, in other words, it's never really draining off to the lawn anywhere, then what you have to do is you have to put a, uh, a curtain drain in the driveway itself. And in a driveway, basically, it's a job where the driveway is essentially sliced in half. You know, they slice out a chunk of driveway that's maybe six inches wide, and you drop this trough into it so that as the water falls down the driveway... It drops into the trough, there's a grate on top, and then it runs out the bottom of the trough. And of course, that requires some additional plumbing, so to speak, because you have to hook it up to drain pipe to take it to the lowest place on the property to get rid of the water. But that's how you drain a driveway that's that's uh, you know not pitched properly. And typically, that's put like right near the house or right near the garage lip or something like that, so that it catches the water, you know, at the lowest possible spot.
5: So who would
6: I call for something like that, a
2: plumber? You're going to need a general contractor that. install that for you. I mean, a driveway sealing company is not going to do it. Um, A general contractor that could do that, you know, it's kind of a handyman project. It's not a difficult project. It's not a really time-consuming project, but you essentially have to cut into that driveway and install a drain. You've got to catch that water and you've got to manage it. And that's the only way to do it, Susan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
3: Sandy in
6: Florida is dealing with a squeaky door. Tell us what's going on. Well, we've had this squeaky door now for three years. We've tried putting oil on it. We tried using WD-40. And then we went out and bought three new hinges and put on it. And it still is a squeaky door.
2: Are these hinges sort of standard hinges?
6: Uh, Yes, it's just three standard hinges.
2: So what you might want to do is, is go out and buy some ball bearing hinges. There are some upgraded hinges. They're often used on heavier doors, but they rely on ball bearings to open and close instead of just the metal sitting on top of the metal. There's actually bearings there that, they, that the uh, different sides of the door will ride on. And those will be absolutely quiet and they'll last forever. Wow. Where would they carry those? Well, I, I would expect that you would find them. You, you may need to go to a home center and order them. Go to the millwork section of a, of a home center. Uh, bring an old hinge along and try to order um, a ball bearing hinge to match it or your hardware store. Or you can probably find them online as well.
6: Yeah, that's what we'll try. Well, thank you.
2: Well, after a long, cold, snowy winter, spring is the perfect time to check your home's exterior for damage. But how do you tell the difference between wood that's rotted and wood that's been damaged by insects? The answer is in this week's Pro Tip presented by Grain Shingle Siding from TAPCO.
3: Yeah, you know, damaged wood can actually make your home's exterior look old and worn, but more importantly, it can actually lead to deeper structural problems. Now, the wood's got to be repaired, whether the damage has been caused by insects or rot. But if it is insects and they've done their attacking already, you might need to call in a pest professional to make sure that they're not going to come back.
2: Now, if the wood is rotted, it will look spongy. I, I like to say kind of like cork. But if the wood's been attacked by wood-destroying insects, the damage is different. It will have a definite pattern to it. And if you think about the rings of a tree, you have thin rings, and that's the hard, slow winter growth, and thick rings, which are the soft, fast summer growth. ants and termites will eat just the soft summer growth, and they'll leave that thin winter growth alone. So if you see damage that just has sort of those thin rings left, well, then you've got insect problems. It's not just rot.
3: Yeah, and also the termites are going to leave behind a mud or a sand, you know, which they're using to build tunnels that will protect them while they go about munching away on all the things in your house. And often people are gonna refer to rot damage as dry rot, but that's really a misnomer. Dry rot is nothing more than rotted wood that has dried out. Now, when you have rot, rot needs moisture to develop. So besides the repair, you need to make sure that you're protecting the wood with a proper finish to keep it all from happening again.
2: And that's today's pro tip presented by Grain Shingle Siding by Tapco. The uncompromising beauty of Grain's 5-inch shingle siding offers the charm of natural cedar with none of the maintenance. Plus, the shingle's graining patterns create natural depth and shadows for a striking on-house appearance. And its sharp, crisp edges provide the most authentic look possible from up close and from the curb. Visit grain.com. That's G R A Y N E.com.
3: Dennis in Michigan's on the line with a water heating issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit.
2: Um, I am actually calling for a lady friend. She has a
4: 1,500 square foot home. Okay. It's on a well and septic. And the uh, water heater is at one end of the house. And the kitchen, the bathrooms, at their other end of the house, and, and the, obviously the hot water takes forever to get there. Is there something that can be done for that?
2: Uh, one of two things. So what you could do is put in a second water heater, and that would be a tankless water heater, closer to the source, the point of consumption, which would be the the bathrooms and the kitchen, and that will speed up that water. And then Renai... Also, has a type of water heater that they're just releasing on the market that has like a recirculator built into it where it will actually pull a stream of water back and constantly keep it warm without driving up the utility cost uh, too high. Does that make sense?
4: Well, okay, but the Renai, is that a tankless also?
2: Yeah, Dennis, the Renai product is called the Ultra Series and it basically is sort of a breakthrough in recirculation technology. So I would check out. The Renai website. I believe it's foreverhotwater.com. And there you'll be able to take a look at the Ultra series of tankless water heaters. And that might just solve this problem once and for all.
4: Yeah, so that would probably save energy too.
2: Absolutely. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
3: Kimberly in Missouri is dealing with a noisy floor.
5: Tell us what's going on. I have a section in my tile floor it's The longer planks, wood looking floor. That it's a high traffic area, and there's various areas on it. When you walk over it, it makes a popping noise, and it's not the same spot all the time. It's probably within. They're alternating, you know, so that you know they're not all lined up together. So um, you know, it's probably eight to ten different areas there that will pop from time to time. So. I don't know. And it's different times of the day. It's not every time, but when you're walking through an area, you don't particularly pay right where you're putting your foot every time you walk through, you know. so.
2: Do you happen to know where the tile floor is on top of? In other words, what's the underlayment under the tile floor? Is it a double layer of plywood by any chance?
5: It is plywood underneath.
2: Is it right on the plywood or is there an underlayment?
5: There is a... Uh, a flooring underlayment underneath that because we had parking underneath that at one time, and that's a solid plywood. And then they did put an underlayment board on top of that, whether it's a quarter inch or 3 inch or whatever that is.
2: Part of that sandwich, there's probably space in there somewhere. And it's the kind of problem that's not really structural in nature. In words, I don't think this is indicative, but it's super annoying. Yeah. One of the ways to solve this, and it's a, it's a little bit of a pain in the neck, is is by basically drilling out from underneath a section of the floor, and then inserting a construction adhesive up into that to kind of close the gap. So, for example, if you had a hole saw and you set the the drill bit on the hole saw to just barely be longer than the saw itself, you could essentially um, excise out uh, a hole of the plywood, a circle of the plywood, whatever the diameter of the hole saw was. Let's say it's two inches. You can take that out up against the underlayment that's against the tile. And then you could squeeze into that space construction adhesive, like a liquid nails or something like that. And that can flow in there and take up the gap and help solidify the area. But it's a very time-consuming, annoying process that's not always successful. So unless it's something that's really, really, really bothering you, I would probably just accept it.
5: Okay, Okay. well then we'll just chalk it
2: up as character then. All right, Kimberly, good luck with that project. Thank you very
5: much. Still to come this hour,
3: is your garage a catch-all with just cluttered, unorganized piles of stuff? I know mine can be that way sometimes. Well, you can get all of your garage gear organized to not only use that space better, but possibly even free up some more space for, like, say, maybe your car? We'll tell you how after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy.
7: Money Pit is brought to you by Grain-Engineered Shaken Shingle Siding from the TAPCO Group. Contractors can now offer homeowners the charm of natural cedar with none of the maintenance. Visit Grain.com or ask your pro today.
2: Making good homes better, this is The Money Pit, home improvement radio show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Well, in just a couple of weeks, one of our favorite annual events is coming up, and that's the National Hardware Show in Las Vegas. And that's where Leslie and I get the inside scoop on the hottest products and report back to you right from our Top Products Pavilion on the Hardware Show floor. And if you want to see all the products we're seeing, you can follow along on Twitter using the hashtag TopProductsNHS.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get a first look at all the things that we like best. So one of the things that we're liking already is Krylon's CoverMax Spray Paint. What's really great is it's not only going to dry in 10 minutes or less, which really is faster than any other general-purpose aerosol paint that's out there now. It's also the only general-purpose paint with built-in rust protection. Krylon CoverMax paint where color meets performance.
2: Check it out online with our top products gallery and follow us at Money Pit on Twitter.
3: We've got Tom in New Jersey on the line, not Tom Kreider, another Tom. There are more than one Tom in New Jersey who, unfortunately, is still dealing with damage from Sandy. Tom, what's going on at your house?
4: Oh, well, I had a adjuster come in originally, and he came in and gave me a X, Y, Z, about maybe $120,000 for the damage in my house, right? So that would happen. I never, the house never got really finished with that. Kind of I put a lot of my own money in But they never checked my foundation, and... The Outside of my house, the stucco is all cracked out, and they didn't give me money for that. But the main issue is that my house is cracking all over. My fireplace, I have a, a real wood burning fireplace, there's all cracks through it up to the top. I don't even know if it works because I don't want to start a fire in it. Uh, all upstairs, my upper section of the house, that they've never even got involved with, is totally cracked in every room. All the sheetrock cracked all over the place. And pretty much, the issue is now. I'm hearing FEMA is coming along and opening up the books again about this. The last time they did it, nobody inspected. No, the inspectors never came and gave me an engineer report. They just gave me some money for the floors. So I'm sitting here with the war on heading.
2: Okay. Well, it sounds it, it sounds like is it your understanding that there's sort of, you're going to get a sort of second bite at the apple here because I've been following the story. Uh, on online. And it sounds to me like all of these claims are getting a second look because of a lot of fraud that was discovered specifically with respect to engineering reports. Now, you say that um, you never had an engineer at your house, but certainly uh, that is still needs to be done. You need to have your first step should be to have an engineering report done uh, with respect to this foundation because it's not worth doing any work until you get that
1: determined.
4: But the Dwight usually paid for the engineering. I had a, what happened, I had a public adjustment, he didn't do the right job. The house, my house, I got, like I said, $120,000. The house next to me is a two-bedroom ranch. It was a little peony ranch. And my house is like 40-something, 100 square foot. And uh, this guy got $220,000 for his house. And they knocked it down. And my house, I got 120000 which is almost three times, the bottom floor is two or three times bigger than his house. And this is the issue. I, I don't know what I'm adding
2: now. Um, have you sort of, uh, for lack of a better word, sort of signed off on that 120? Is there an opportunity for you to take another bite at the apple?
4: Well, I did sign off at, off on that, but I did also reopen the claim. Okay. Prior to everything doing that, prior to the claims shutting down. But now I'm okay. hearing that they're reopening all of it because I never did have an engineer.
2: Right. I, I think there's two things. There's two things that you need to do, Tom. And I know that this is a, a, a terrible burden for you and so many folks that are like you. Um, the first thing you need to do is to at least get an engineer to do a base level inspection of your home and determine what really needs to be done because you still don't know that. And that has to be determined. Now, you're probably going to have to pay for that. Uh, And I think it's a worthwhile investment because at least you'll have somebody that's really working for you that will give you the honest opinion as to what has to happen. Secondly, uh, because you've already sort of accepted this settlement, you really need to get the advice from a lawyer because it seems to me that if the insurance adjuster missed the fact that the damage had occurred to the foundation. And as a professional insurance adjuster, public or private, they should be well aware of the impact of flooding on foundations. And if that was not evaluated, the first thing that guy should have done is say, wait a minute, we don't know anything about the condition of this foundation. It could be more much worse than what we said. You may have a a case of malpractice here against that insurance adjuster and the insurance company. So I think you need to take those two steps to try to determine where you're at and then and then try to reset from there.
4: Good enough. I'll I'll start talking to the attorney already. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, most guys love a place they can escape to. Mine is the garage. You can call it a man cave if you will, but it's a place where we like to work. We like to hang out and maybe listen to music and just plain relax.
3: Hey, I like to do all that stuff, too. So maybe like a woman can also have a man cave. Now, when it comes to that concept, perhaps there's no other company that's done more for the quote unquote man cave than Gladiator Garage Works. And to keep up with the demand that they've seen from both sexes, they are introducing some color, which is well needed into their line of garage storage products.
2: And I talked to one of my favorite Aussies, Car. Harold Champley about the new line. The cabinets in themselves are exactly what they've always been. you know,
8: you're going to throw a house brick at it and hit it with a fire hose. It's not going to break. They're all lockable. But the colours, you've got the racing red. It looks fantastic. Tom, you know what quality is all about. And this is a, a really good, solid powder coat finish. And Glade's been listening what people want. Instead, of if you don't like the steel grey, you can go for the red. We've even got Everest white too, because a lot of the gals want that softer look in the garage.
2: And you have a new storage lockers here that are decked out in the color and the icons of many of the most famous colleges across the country. I understand you have 18 new colors in the storage lockers.
8: Absolutely, and we just recently fitted out Tom Izzo's garage as well. So you know, I know this is radio listeners, but there's that big Spartan symbol on the door there, and they're fantastic. You can get one, two, three, whatever. You can group them together. And the great thing about the system is they don't sit on the floor; they uh, they hang on the wall, so you can hit it with a fire hose underneath or sweep to keep the garage clean but it's perfect just to keep all that sports gear tucked away
2: and we should mention that the uh, the wall material that's up here, you have a, sort of a tracking system where everything can hang up off the floor. Of course, that's a lot safer because a lot of times we have storage gear, we have rakes, we have shovels, we have bats, we have balls that are on the floor. With the Gladiator system, all of that can be up off the floor. Exactly, mate. It's, uh, that's the core of Gladiator. It's
8: called the gear wall panels or the gear track channels. And that is the system. People can basically either DIY or get someone else to do it. Line the garage walls with these panels, like the slat wall back in the commercial world. And once that's done, it's done. You've got the brackets and the baskets and the cabinets that
2: just simply hang on them. So it's completely modular. And you can listen to the entire interview in the top products podcast section at moneypit.com. And to learn more about the products we mentioned, visit gladiatorgarageworks.com.
3: All right. When the Money Pit returns, we're going to be talking about something that touches pretty much almost all of the food that you prepare. Talking about your countertop, is it safe is it earth friendly are you making green choices when it comes to that area of your kitchen we'll tell you how to find out after this
6: you live in a money pit. The,
7: money pit. the money pit is presented by pavestone's easy to stack rumble stone rustic building blocks Create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add Old World Charm. Available at The Home Depot. For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com.
2: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
7: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: And we are here to help you tackle your home improvement project. So help yourself first, pick up the phone and give us a call at one 888 Pit. Well, as earth-friendly technologies improve, there's really no excuse not to consider the impact of the materials used in your kitchen on Mother Nature. And a great place to start is with your kitchen countertop. Right, Les?
3: That's true. You know, when we're talking about earth-friendly countertops, we're talking about people-friendly countertops as well. They're going to be free of VOCs, which are the volatile organic compounds. And those are solvents that get released into the air, and they've been known to cause headaches or even dizziness.
2: Now, stone countertops are a good place to start. They're beautiful. They're durable, but when you mine any kind of stone, it can affect the land and the water. If you do go with stone, you want to stick to stone that's been locally mined, And this way, the stone can also be recycled at the end of its life in your kitchen.
3: Now, jumping into the green arena, we're talking about solid surfacing. Now you can find solid countertops that have been made from recycled plastics. Now, those plastics might have otherwise just been sitting in a landfill. Now, when it comes to those recycled countertops, the end product, however, might not be recyclable. So you want to check into that before you attempt to do so.
2: Now, new earth-friendly laminate counters are also available. Now, they're made of recycled plastic, and they also require formaldehyde free substrate and a non-toxic glue, all of which are an improvement from the laminates of years past. But they're not recyclable once their time is up.
3: And ceramic tile counters. Those are made from natural but finite resources. So you need to look for more earth-friendly versions that incorporate recycled post-consumer content if you want to be green.
2: Good point. Just be careful, though, because some of those imported tiles could have lead based glazes. Otherwise, though, ceramic tile has a low to no VOC rating, which means it's safe for you, for your kids, and for the environment. 888 666 3974. Hey, if you're planning a kitchen project in your future, we'd love to talk with you right now. The number is 1 888 Money Pit.
3: All right, now we've got Phyllis from the Jersey Shore calling in. What can we do for you today?
6: I am looking to purchase a home. And the problem is I'm looking in a very specific area because I don't want to leave the current school district the children are in. And um, all the homes around here were built in the 60s. So my first question is what should I look for in that era of home construction? That might be a red flag. And also um, the way the homes are all built, the bottom floor has radiant floor heat and upstairs is hot water baseboard. And I I can't imagine that 50-year-old pipes are not going to go at some point. And I'm wondering how do I make sure they're okay or, you know, look for signs that they're getting
2: weak. So you're basically looking for the good, the bad, and the ugly of 1960s construction. Correct. You know, the the story is that it's actually a pretty good time for home construction. You had copper plumbing. You had decent wiring. Sometimes the services were a little small. But, you know, if the homes are mostly... Uh, natural gas. You really don't need more than about 100 amps to power pretty much everything, including central air conditioning. Um, and you got hardwood floors. Very frequently, you had hardwood floors in 1960 houses, uh, and it's interesting because they they put the hardwood floors in, and they very promptly covered them with wall-to-wall carpet. with
3: shag carpeting
2: <laughs> or shag. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, which actually protects them, you know, very nicely, and and uh, didn't allow them to wear. So it's a pretty good year for home construction. Now, because it's a uh, you know. 50-year-old house, you're obviously going to have, you know, how old is the furnace? How old is the water heater? Stuff like that to consider what's the general maintenance been. But in terms of an error of home construction, I think it's a really strong error. Now, if you'd asked me about the 80s, I would tell you, ah, not so much. Those houses were put together pretty fast and uh, not always in the best possible way. But the 60s is a pretty good year for construction.
6: Oh, good, because I'm moving up. I live in an 80s house
2: now. Oh, there you go. So you're going to get better. Uh, In terms of that radiant heat, that's probably one, the one weak link that that home has. But the thing is, you can't really determine like how far along it is and whether or not it's going to break. It probably will eventually fail. And when that happens, you're going to be faced with a pretty costly repair. You'll have to put in some sort of alternative heat system because it's virtually impossible to repair those pipes in the in the slab. So the first floor of your house, you'll either be running new baseboard pipes or you'll be running electric radiant or you'll be adding an air to water heat exchanger so that you can take hot water from the boiler, run it through a heat exchanger and blow air over it through your HVAC system, the same one used to cool the house. But I wouldn't obsess about that. I mean, it's probably going to happen eventually, but it may not even happen in the time that you own this next house. So if you like the neighborhood, um, the 1960s is a pretty good era for home construction.
6: Great. That's great news. Thank you so much.
2: You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
6: Well,
3: it doesn't sound like an extreme sport, but yard work is surprisingly ripe for accidents. So when it comes to getting out there in your yard, are you taking the right precautions? We'll help
0: you find out after this.
7: The Money Pit is brought to you by Vigoro. The Vigoro brand offers quality products for your lawn and garden at the ultimate value. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Visit your local store today.
2: Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by for your calls and your emails and your community postings at moneypit.com. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. If you can't get through, post your question online, just like Jennifer did from Kentucky, who says, in the past year, I have fixed two pinhole leaks in my copper pipes. Now I have another one. What are the causes of these leaks? I've read about chlorine being the culprit. Well, I will say, Jennifer, that the cause of the leaks is indeed up for debate, but it's widely believed to be the result of a chemical reaction between the water and the copper, and probably not anything on behalf of of your water company either. We have a complete article about the pinhole leak phenomena on our website at moneypit.com, but the bottom line is is that if you've got this on, on an ongoing basis, there's nothing that you can do but replace those pipes. You don't have to do it all at once, but eventually they will need to be replaced.
3: You know, I don't know about that because where we live, I live in Garden City on Long Island, and I feel like pinhole leaks are so prevalent in my area. Everybody I know has had it, and it happens over a certain amount of time. And I started to get one, two, three, and like a small section of the ceiling in my basement. And so when I started to repair those, you know, I stopped for a minute and was like, wait a second, I've got the ceiling open. I'm just going to open the rest and fix this whole line because I didn't want to Fix something, repair the ceiling, repaint, and then do the whole thing again when the next run started. So, if you can, open it up, do everything just so you're avoiding all of that, you know, refinishing and completing everything only to open it up again in another section.
2: Yeah, that's a great rule to follow whenever you're having any kind of plumbing issues. If the walls opened up, if they're old steel pipes or copper pipes with pinholes, replace them all while it's wide open. It will never be easier to get that job done. Yes,
3: yeah, seriously. Otherwise, you're doing all that repair work again.
2: Well, if you're planning a trip this spring or this summer, you better make sure it's not a trip to the emergency room. Leslie's got advice for keeping safe while tackling yard work in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
3: Mm -hmm. Yard work really is a great way to combine exercise with fresh air and a good sense of accomplishment, which we all love. But it also requires a few extra steps and layers for making sure that you don't get hurt. Now, sturdy work gloves, they are a great investment for any outdoor work project. Plus, they'll give you a better grip, and they're going to protect your hands from painful blisters. If you're pushing a lawnmower, you have to be sure to wear work boots, long pants, and gloves. And really, this is a part that a lot of people just simply overlook. I'm talking about eye and ear protection. All of that noise from the motor can actually take its toll on your hearing. And even the smallest pebble that might get thrown from an edger or a trimmer is enough to damage an eye pretty seriously. So think about your eyes and your ears. Now, are you using any pesticides or other chemicals? If you are, you've got to protect your skin. So wear long pants, long sleeves, rubber gloves, a breathing apparatus, and safety glasses. I feel like a lot of people think because this is summer stuff, you're wearing your shorts and your flip-flops, and that's really the worst thing you can do. Now, if you want to get out there and do a lot of work and you're going to be moving around a lot, why not add in a few good stretches to the mix, and you'll not only have avoided day of injuries, but you can also cut down on the soreness that I know you will feel the next day especially if it has been a long, cold winter since you've picked up a shovel, a trimmer, or a saw. All right, I'm going to take shovel out of that because I know we've all been shoveling snow, but it's a different story when it comes to yard work. So stretch it out, guys.
2: Sore subject. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show coming up next time on the program. They look great and they can save your grass from foot traffic, but they're not as easy as plopping down stones. We'll have tips on how to lay a stepping stone path in your yard or your garden on the next edition of the Money Pit